And I can see the ground now, I'm way too gone, way too gone. Alright legends, welcome to yet another episode of Get Around Me. It's me, Billy Darcy, what a time to be alive. Feel the hype, spread the hype, etc, etc, episode, etc. That's just life right now, life is etc. You know, Monday, etc. Oh wait, it was Thursday. Fuck, you know? So the good times keep rolling, my positive attitude. Let's let's get a quick update on that during this goddamn pandemic. Billy's attitude, one, pandemic, zero. Okay? That's where my attitude's at. Feeling good. Monday, I tell you what, I just had I just had a day where I just went, nah. Nope, 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 nope. Not doing it. What what do I have to do? It doesn't matter, okay? Whether I had anything to do or not, I wasn't doing it. Okay? And I just watched TV all day. Guilt-free though, okay? Because you know, you you know, you, you got nothing to do during this bloody isolation or whatever. You think, oh, I'll just watch TV all day. Sweet. No worries. I've got I've got every episode of Scrubs on stand. Seinfeld. Communities on Netflix. How how could you be unhappy with that, Billy? But you know, you, you're into your fourth hour of television on a gentleman's Monday halfway through what some people refer to as a weekday, you know, and then, you know, halfway through a day of business, depending on who you're talking to, and uh, you get some voices in your head saying, hey, Bill, how are you going to do something? You're wasting your life. But Monday, I said, nah, get out of my head, voices. Today, the feet are up, you know, and I watched a lot of Scrubs, a bit of Star Wars, um... Can't remember what else I watched, but uh, but it was uneventful. But it was it was uneventful, but it was guilt-free, and that is the key. So maybe some guilt-free, uh, some guilt-free times. If you've been feeling a bit guilty that you haven't been doing too much, or you have been doing too much, or you're just bored, maybe give yourself some guilt-free times because it's pretty fucking good. We just got an Apple TV at the house, Disney Plus. Thank you. So some guilt-free TV, and now. My positive attitude continues. I'm up and I'm at him. How many runs did I go through? Go for today? One. I went for a run today. So that's the sort of momentum I've got uh, with me coming into this podcast. Um, so that's very exciting. And yeah, sometimes, look, there's going to be periods in your life. The more I think about this, the more I just think, fuck, thank God I don't have any kids at the moment. You know, that'd be tough. Imagine you got no money, nothing to do plus rent and bills, and then you got bloody Timmy in the next room going, Dad, why are we having wheat bix for dinner again? You know, it's just like, Jesus Christ, Timmy, shut up, all right? If it's good enough for Brett Lee, it's good enough for you. You know, so my positive attitude is, thank God I don't have any kids during this pandemic. I've got as many kids as I've got jobs. And I think that's a good balance to have, you know? If you've got one kid, you should definitely have one job. Um, if you have two kids, you should probably have two jobs. Maybe the wife has a job and the, and the husband has a job. But I've got no kids and I've got no jobs. So I've got no worries. And I've got one Disney Plus. So pandemic, if you want to crack into my positivity, you're going to have to keep on keep on a crack in my friend. Okay. But what did I get up to on the weekend? I actually had a pretty good weekend. Oh, here we go. Okay. Firstly... Firstly, I will say, a bit of creativity. Actually, no, I'll speak of this first. We are at war once again at the pad. Um, at the lad pad. 
<sighs> we find ourselves in battles and wars almost every week. And this one's a little different. Obviously, the current foes we have are the garbage men and the guy over the back fence. And some of the teenagers at the bus stop outside that don't treat our front lawn with maybe as much respect as they should. Um, but the new war, and this one's a little different because it's a bird, not a human. Uh, and I'm not talking about the birds down at the pub, you know, that are maybe studying law and rocking a high ponytail. No, I'm talking about the actual birds, okay? So we have an Indian minor bird. And I'm, I'm going to speak very critically of this bird because, uh, one, it's, it's not a native Australian species, okay? These, these things were introduced and you can tell they were introduced to the environment by the attitude they carry with them. It's very, you know, I'm owed everything, you know, give me what I want, it's all about me. Probably, I would say, the Indian minor bird is probably the most selfish breed of bird there is. I'd like to go on record, and you can play that wherever you want to play that. I think the Indian minor bird is the most selfish bird on planet Earth, okay? And, and I'm very, very happy to stand behind that on any news network that will have me. But this bird, we've got an Indian minor bird that will not leave us alone. And by us, I mean like inside the house. This thing comes inside the house and it's like, it's been like every day for a week. And you know, hey, Bill, you've got a bird in your house. Open a window. It's not that big of a deal. That's a good point. However, every time it comes in the house, it fucking starts shitting all over the place, all right, without fail. If you just came in for a little looky-loo, a bit of an open house, you know, how many bathrooms do you have here? Oh, wow, beautiful home. No. Every time it comes in, it starts shitting uncontrollably. And it's, it's the worst because the bird comes in, all right, because we leave a door open. It's a big house. I can't keep track of all the doors at the same time. I'm watching Disney Plus. I think I've been quite clear on this. So a door's left open. Bird comes in. One of us sees the bird. We go, oh, fuck, it's a bird. Start trying to shoo it out. The bird starts panicking, starts flying around, shitting everywhere because it's freaking out. We're panicking. The bird's panicking. The bird's shitting. I'm not shitting. I'm the only one keeping it together out of the two of us. And then eventually, after it's shat all over whatever room it was in, it'll eventually make its way out. And then the next day, it's the same. And the next day, it's the same. But it's different rooms. This thing is, it's a dead set personal attack. And I, I caught it the other day waiting outside the back door. Like the door was shut and it was just sitting there, waiting, plotting. You know, I don't trust this thing. But, and it, it's it's aggressive. It's So far, it's taking down one bathroom, the laundry, um, the kitchen, all right, I don't know what you do in your kitchen, but that's where we eat, okay? So, all over the stove, all over the bench, all over the sink, bird shit everywhere. The other day, Samo's had some uh, had some sheet music out, playing a bit of piano. He shout all over the sheet music, all right? This bird hates the arts. I'm sorry, but in these times, the arts are all we have, all right? And that's just such an Indian minor bird thing to do, you know? But anyway, so we're in a war with this bird. Um, I've thrown two shoes at it and missed both times. And that's basically as far as, we, as we've gotten with that. But I will be keeping everyone updated as we go. But this thing, I'm dead set about to buy like a fucking air gun. I swear to God. This thing thinks, you know, it sees me running around with a with a half a converse going, hey, get out of here. Thinks, look at this idiot with a fringe. 
You picked the wrong idiot to mess with, okay? Because guess what? Guess what I don't have a lot of? Employment. Guess what I do have a lot of? Time, my friend. All right? I've got nothing but time. You want to start a war? I'll start a fucking war, bruh. Okay? Why don't you go outside and ask the garbage men next Monday morning about starting a war with Billy Darcy and see what they had to say? You know? When they're picking up the seven bins I'm going to leave out for them. Okay? Why don't you go have a little chat with them? And, and ask them if they'd recommend starting a battle with Billy Darcy. All right? I guarantee they won't. I guarantee they won't. So anyway, it's fucking bird. Um, okay. So, next thing. That's, so that's what's happening at the moment. On the weekend, I will say, this is a great idea that I think everyone should possibly try. We had a couple of birthdays in the house. Um, so what we did was... Instead, obviously, you can't have any birthday parties. We we did have one guest over. Um, I must come clean. But we had we had one friend over, and then there was the four of us who live here. We did a fake race day where we all just suited up, put the races on the TV, had a few beers, and had a punt, and pretended we were at the races. Phenomenal fun, okay? Absolutely phenomenal fun, you know? And we weren't at the races. We were just in our living room, but we pretended. And I think... I think pretend events are the new events at the moment. Like, think of all the stuff you do. Just fucking pretend. It's it's so fun. You know, you get half the fun from pretending and half the fun from actually doing the thing. It's great. Um, I will say for a race day, there was a disgustingly low amount of women there. There was none. Um, so we might have to work on that for next time. It was an all-male race day, so that was, that was a bit grim. Um, but yeah, it was so much fun. So that's something you can do. I... Do a fake race day in your living room, you know? We had uh, Sky Racing up. Uh, we had some chips. I bought some chips for everyone. And uh, I bought... Um, we had some beers. I was actually famously the only bloke who didn't bring a case of beers. But you know what? We have a roster and I wasn't up. So take that to the grave. But that's something fun you can do. A fake race day. A fake any day, really. I've seen some fake, um, some fake birthday parties with like three people. I think I saw a fake BMX competition in someone's backyard. That's pretty extreme. But yeah, so get around that. I, I would say playing pretend is the new going out. And i got to say, it was so much fun. I highly recommend it. Um, but but so that was uh, that was Saturday. On the, uh, on the Friday night, we got our first Pelican of the Week. Um, okay. So speaking of... I should have gone straight from the Indian minor bird to this, this bloke I'm about to talk about because... Um, the key theme here is being selfish. That Indian minor bird is selfish, and so is this person. Uh, my roommate, Macca. Let's talk about him. Uh, he, you may know him. He, he painted the sign for the pod. Um, he's won Pelican of the Week a record 37 times. And, um, and also, his legs aren't as strong as he, as he wishes they were. Um, but anyway, he's, he's a good guy at times, and... Unfortunately, on Friday, it wasn't one of those times. Me and my friend Sam come home, and uh, we these, these two girls we know go, oh, we might we might pop around later. We go, well, you know, who are we, we uh, to, to sort of say say no to an offer like that? So me and Sam jump in the shower, you know, uh, put on some nice clothes. I'm ironing my, uh, my tuxedo in the laundry. I think Sam was wearing, uh, I don't know, something equally fancy. What is it, a trench coat maybe? I don't know, that's fancy. But, uh, and, and the whole time we're there, Maka is just berating us, going, these girls aren't coming around. You guys are losers. You know, you're being taken for an absolute ride here. And I go, Maka, mate, 
take your negative attitude and hit the bricks, okay? I'm sick of you. And he's standing there, big, big smile on his face, drinking probably a pint of milk or something that fucking creeps drink, you know? Hoeing into, hoeing into half a liter of dairy milk. And uh, I didn't care for his attitude. But then, here's the thing. The girls came around, of course, because, because me and Sam are nice young men. And when you're, when you're a good person, you attract great people. So these two girls come around. But here's the thing. Maka, after berating us, now he's hanging around like a bad smell, fucking up the ratio of the night. We had two guys and two girls. Now we've got three guys and two girls. He's hanging around going, oh, yeah, what are you, what are you doing? Guys? Blah, blah, blah. Bloody cock blocking at an extreme level. You know, this is elite level cock blocking at this point. Um, just basically being an absolute pelican. He, he tried to mix up a few espresso martinis, which I personally didn't care for. They were, they were horrendous. Um, I think he put too much milk, not enough coffee, you know? So that was rubbish. He just mixed instant coffee in with vodka and milk. And he thought that's how you make an espresso martini. So now he's embarrassed us in front of our company. Me and Sam, I'm wearing a tuxedo drinking instant coffee. Think about that for a second. All right, so then... He cockblocks us all night after berating us and, and being negative. And he ruined the night. And the girls left. And look, it was 1am. They were probably going to leave anyway. But but I will say, I think if Maka wasn't there, who knows what could have happened. All right? But unfortunately, in this pandemic, negativity is rife, okay? Negative people, negative attitudes. And I can't have that around me. So Maka, for your, for your negativity, your Pelican of the Week... Um, please shape the fuck up. And I mean that. Um, I said it to you before and I'll say it again, mate. Shape up. So that was, that was average. Very average from him. But then we went straight into a fake race day and it was all a bit of fun. But anyway, so that's all I've been up to. Is that, was any of that noteworthy? Well, that's what I've been up to. Okay. You try and do a solo podcast during a fucking pandemic. All right. It's hard. But anyway, I think that was all right. <laughs> Probably shouldn't have freaked out. Oh, well, I'm leaving it in. Anyway, this is a story that came across my desk. Um, and feel free to send any stories in as well. I've always said that, yet people refuse to send stuff in. So I'm not going to beg anymore. Um, if you want to send me a topic, you can. And if you don't, well, I say good day, sir. I say good day. But this is a story that caught my eye, sent in by James Connors, fantastic young man from Newcastle. Uh, all right, so how's this? Police in Queensland. Now, of course it was in Queensland because every extreme happens in Queensland, you know? How's this? Police used a helicopter to catch three young men drinking on a roof. A fucking helicopter with a spotlight. Okay? Now... Drinking on a roof is something that's close to my heart. And if the roof isn't safe, I personally don't know where it is. So this is goddamn frightening. It really is. And I haven't seen any helicopters around here in Sydney, but I hope we don't come to that down here in, in New South Wales. I really don't. But here's the thing. So they, they've spotlighted the blokes, three blokes. Now they were aged 19, 20, and 21. Now that's my target demographic, okay? So... I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to need the, the Queensland police to back the fuck off because those three blokes, there's no doubt in my mind, they were coming to my Brisbane shows. And if you lock them up, that's a, that's a fair chunk of my crowd that you've now put behind bars. So 
we I'm going to ask the police for the last time to please back off my target demographic. Um, now, how's this? So they've spotlighted the blokes on the roof of this apartment building. They're having a beer. Three guys, not hurting anyone. But they were breaking social distancing, I will say that. But they've spotlighted them and given the old over the megaphone, um, the building surrounded, please exit. The police will meet you out the front on a megaphone. Like, fucking hell, what is this, a Denzel Washington movie? Like, let's just calm the fuck down, okay? We'd love to know how many thousands of taxpayer dollars it took to uh, get that bird up for the night as well. That chopper, bird is... um actually code word for chopper, which is code word for helicopter. Yeah, I read an army brochure in 2013, picked up a few things. But how's this? This is the part that's probably the creepiest. The way they were able to see the blokes, actually, I shouldn't have said this. It wasn't a spotlight because this is the key detail of the of the story. They used night vision to see the blokes on the roof. Fucking night vision in a helicopter to stop three blokes having a beer, three 20 year old blokes, Jesus Christ, it is 1984, you know, everyone's worried about Kim Jong-un dining in North Korea, fuck, we may as well be there in my books at this point, I mean, this is some creepy big brother shit, um, and let's be honest, night vision, bit dramatic, okay, a little bit dramatic if you ask me, I think, I don't think the bloke who invented night vision intended it for, to be used to freaking take down the Thompson boys having a beer on a Saturday night, you know? Like, I'm pretty sure that's that's for spotting freaking Osama in a cave, all right? It's not it's not for taking down sub, a couple of freaking 19-year-olds in suburban Brisbane. These poor blokes. I can't... These poor blokes. So they get out the front. Who's out the front with the cops? Of course, a few sniffer dogs. One of the, uh, Two of the boys had, uh, had a freaking bag of weed on them. Now they're up on drug charges. Two of the blokes are up on drug charges. On top of that, the fine for breaking social distancing in Queensland is $1,300. Wrap your tiny head around that. $1,300. Like, that is... <laughs> Paint me gobsmacked. Honestly, that is so much money. And, like... <sighs> I'm trying to fucking... Talk about this in a way without just fucking just yelling incoherently about it. But this this pisses me off. I'll be honest. And I want to I want to know who's the fucking cunt out there who decides how much each fine is. Because I'm sorry, but anything past five hundred dollars is a showstopper in my books. Okay, who's going like as if the if the fine was a thousand dollars, they wouldn't have still been on the roof. You know, if if I reckon anything past eight hundred, I'm scared. Okay, you've, you've got me. I don't want to get an $800 fine. It's fucking bullshit. But it's like, at what point do you just bloody let people be? Like, so now we've got $1,300 and a, and a drug thing for these young blokes. How's this? Confiscate the weed. Warning. Give them a $600 fine or whatever. Why does that have to be $1,300? Way too much. That's, that's like freaking almost three weeks salary if you're a 19-year-old working a couple of days a week. Maybe more. You're working a couple of days a week. That could be a month's salary. And they've absolutely just harangued these blokes. And, it's, and of course, happen in Queensland. The All extremes happen in Queensland. But it's like, I reckon if you get fined for this sort of stuff, fair enough the drug charges, all right? I get it. Drugs are illegal. I'm not a complete fucking idiot. 
But I reckon if you get done for this social distancing in 10 years time, if you're, if, yeah, or, or even like, you know, stupid shit, like if your tires aren't regulation, this sort of stuff, 10 years time, if you haven't been fined for anything else, I think you should get a refund. You know, if they go from 10 years, hey, actually, you know, it's been what, 10 years since you last fined. It's clear you're not a criminal. Here's your $1,300 back. Sorry about that. You know, like, and people are on their high horse. Oh, mate, well, rules are rules. It's like, get fucked, all right? Rules are rules. But there's, I guarantee on that block, there was freaking hundreds of other people hanging out hanging out at a friend's place, you know? Having a, having a person over. And it's like, these blokes get caught with night fishing. Is that not just the most fucking ridiculous thing you've ever heard? But anyway. So I just thought that was absolutely ridiculous. These poor cunts. These poor blokes. My heart goes out to him. Thirteen hundred bucks, dude. Tell you what, the police are going absolutely nuts in my area. People are getting pulled over left and right. Apparently, allegedly, allegedly, I heard this, but I don't know if it's hundred percent true. But apparently, in my area, they've got this camera and they they'll read your. It's the same camera that checks if your car's registered or not, and they'll read your number plate. And if you're not in your suburb, they can pull you over and be like, "Hey, what are you up to?" You know, why, why are you in freaking, why are you on this side of Sydney when you live on the other side? And then they can, they can find you if you, if you should be isolating. So, and I know, I know, I know, I know, Billy, it's a pandemic. You know, we got to have all these crazy rules and stuff, but it's just like, ugh. And the problem is, as well, is that I don't want to paint myself in, you know, you know, I don't want to get on my own back too much, whatever, but I'm actually like a pretty decent guy, as most of you all are. As 99% of people are, just normal, decent people, and you think, fuck, why did, why does it have to be me with this? But then there's the 1% of fucking idiots who ruin it for the rest of us, you know? I.e. the freaking, the rugby league blokes who got caught freaking <laughs> hanging out with people and driving motorbikes all over a beach, shooting a gun. It's those, it's those fucking idiots who ruin it for the rest of us normies who just want to break a tiny rule every now and then. But they, because they got to go and fucking, you know, have a party with 40 people and shoot a shotgun or whatever. Now the rest of us can't have one friend on our roof. Tough times, people. Tough times. But uh, up next, we've got another send-in, actually. Pretty good send-in. Let me just change this camera. Anyway, all right. This comes in from uh, Jack Wilson. Another white guy. Can we get some diversity on the send-ins? Jesus. Some guy called Prakesh send something in, please, immediately. Or some girl. But anyway, Jack Wilson, a friend of mine, friend of the pod, he sent this in. So this bloke, uh, for, he's, he's come back and he's, he's asked me about um, dating in isolation and post-isolation. Do I have any tips? He said, uh, you know, it's been a bit, it's been a bit tough. And, you know, I'm sure we can all relate to that in one way or another. Um, now, I will say, there's a few things here. Firstly, a bit of context. I will say my, my friend Jack, who sent this in, he's just come back from England. I think what's happened here is he's had basically the girlfriend effect, but the, the overseas version. So he's been in England, living it up over there. Obviously, then the pandemic hit. So while he's in England, he's thinking all these girls he knows back in Australia are just, are just sitting here fucking itching at the bit to have sex with him. They go, oh, as soon as Jack gets back, oh, can't wait. 
You know, it's like when you have a girlfriend and you think every girl you come across wants to chop you. They don't. But it's that, it's that confidence, you know. It's the, it's the old what you can't have or whatever. So Jack's come back from England. He's in Australia. Um, you know, he, in his first couple of weeks back, he, he hasn't had... He, uh, he hasn't had, you know, a few threesomes, or I'm not sure what he's expecting, but it uh, seems to be to me that he was expecting quite a bit. Um, so I've got some tips for him and for anyone who needs them on dating in isolation, okay? It's a tricky game. I would say um, dating in isolation, I reckon at this point, just swing for the fences. I mean, I'm starting to really doubt if some of these girls I'm messaging are even real, you know? I mean... Are they real? I've never seen them around town. All I do is stay at home and go to the shops. I haven't seen her at the shops. Is she real? I don't think so. I mean, Jessica from Two Suburbs Away, at this point, she may as well be a figment of your own imagination. You know, it's getting very slippery, this grip on reality we all have. So I would say, honestly, if, if she's not coming over, who cares? She was never real anyway. Um, pretty much everyone except your roommates is a bot at this point. I would take that attitude. Get on Tinder. Every they're all bots. Bumble bots. Instagram, they're all bots. Don't take anything personally, all right? The only the only woman you really need to answer to in isolation is your mum. And yes, she'll be calling you twice a day. She's panicked, all right? She's stressed. So I would say just swing for the fences because most I'm, I'm starting to think most of these girls aren't even fucking real anyway. So uh, that's that's the first tip. Swing for the fences. Second tip, I would say prepare to be go to go... I'd say prepare to go a lot deeper in your archives uh, than ever before. I mean, desperate times, you know. Think about, you know, that girl you dated in 2013. What's she up to? Fucking hell, let's give her a jingle, you know. Hey, Jessica, it's me, remember? Are you still studying physiotherapy? You're the best, (laughs) you know. And that one, that's high risk, high reward. Because, you know, she might go, hey, Billy, great to hear from you. Or she might go, hey, Billy, I'm actually married with two kids now. It's like, fucking hell, Jess, it's not a competition, babe, yeah? You didn't need to throw that in my face. You think I couldn't have been married? with three? I would have had three kids by now if I wanted to. Four, whatever. It's not a competition, but if it was, just you should have told me because I would have won, you know? But anyway, so that's high risk, high reward, but go deep in the archives. That's a big one. Um, now, look, I'm not a big advocate for the apps, but I think now's the time. Get on the apps, you know, Bumble, Hinge, Tinder. Get on there. Um, it's a wild world. I will say, be careful because some of these unemployed girls are getting pretty desperate. Um, I, I mentioned to a girl the other day, I was helping my dad rip up the carpet at my, uh, my parents' place. And she said she'd, uh, she'd come over and help if I'd sign her Centrelink form. And I was like, fucking hell. All right, Sarah, just take a chill pill, babe. I'm not doing that for you. Um, but yeah, so it's, you know, people are stressed. People are anxious. Um, so just take that into account, you know. And... As always, you know, even though it is isolation, if it's a pandemic, you know, still the golden rule applies. Um, Any girl or guy who doesn't want to get with you is wrong. And let's never forget that, okay? Um, You might be a six, but you've got the personality of an eight, and you've also got a really good attitude. So keep in mind that anyone who doesn't, doesn't want to get with you is in fact wrong. And it's embarrassing for them that they've turned you down. Never forget that. Um, But yeah, it is obviously... It is a bit weird um, in the pandemic, you know, because it's kind of like you can only invite a girl straight over, which is obviously very presumptuous and quite weird. And uh, so, you know, 
sort of to ease a girl in, I, I, this is what I was doing for a couple of weeks. I was suggesting to girls, we meet maybe at a neutral location, such as like maybe a park or under a bridge or something like that. You know, I'll see you at the old, uh, the old swimming hole at 8 p.m. But apparently that's uh, actually far creepier than saying, come over to my house. So I had a fucking, um, a local police officer come around and explain that one to me. But apparently I'm on some sort of list now. But so that's, that's tough. I don't know how, you know, maybe soften the blow by saying we're playing Scrabble with my roommates or something, you know, Hey, come around. It's fucking Monopoly night. (laughs) You know, maybe don't say I freaking, you know, I live by myself. It's the house on the hill with the big winding driveway where no one can hear you. You know, maybe just don't, don't do any of that shit. You know, maybe say, yeah, bring a friend, do the old, bring a friend around for one of your roommates. Um, if your roommates, your parents grow up, you know, you should have moved out years ago. And I'll say it once again, for anyone who's stuck at home with their parents, if you're like 24, 25 and you never moved out and now you're stuck at home with them in isolation, you can and should suck my dick. Okay. You made your own bed. You were lazy. Look at me. No money. Still paying rent every week, aren't I? It's called a credit card. Grow up. Um, so yeah, and, and this is probably my last point on this. I don't know if this has been helpful. It's felt helpful to me. Um, play the long game, okay? Now, when this pandemic is over, and it will eventually end, and you go down the pub, there's going to be a few girls who you've mugged off. All right, oh, you've given the old two nights in a row, come around at freaking 1am. That's a mugging. There's going to be plenty of girls that have mugged you off. There's going to be, there's going to be, you know, all sorts of people down there. In the midst, you want a couple of girls or guys, whatever, if you're a girl, if you're a guy, whatever, 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 you want a few people, maybe one or two, maybe even just one, who you've played the long game with, who you've been, you've been nice to, you know, you've checked in on, you've said, you've, you've thrown a bit of banter their way, give them the odd tag, you know, you've never invited them over at 2am, you've never said, who's your hot friend in that photo, you know, who, who doesn't think you're a complete piece of shit, alright, this is the girl you want, so I'd say, say, for one person, play the long game, you know, because eventually this pandemic's going to be over and love is going to be back on like Donkey Kong. All right. It'd be fucking Valentine's Day next year before you know it. So play the long game with someone. That's a hot tip, I reckon, for the post-pandemic world. Um, and yeah, what, one question Jack said in the midst of all that, he said, post-pandemic, are girls going to be sort of, uh, you know, basically for lack of a better word, absolutely ravenous. A guy, I think, well, guys are because guys are just, you know, like that anyway. Um, but are people going to be scared of germs and not going to want to hook up? Is it just going to be fucking an absolute free-for-all? I don't know. I don't know. What I can tell you is I'll have my feet on the ground to find out firsthand, okay? Um, I would like to think it's going to be a free-for-all. I really would. Uh, but I'm not 100%, you know? I don't know how this thing's, how long this thing's going to last. People are going to be that fucking weird by the end. And also, the first couple of weeks back at the pubs, oh my god, it's going to be absolute Pelican Central down there, okay? People who don't even drink, who never even like the pub, are just going to be down there going, oh my god, I can't believe I survived two months without the pub, you know? You're going to be lining up behind freaking seven accountants who are ordering fucking gin and tonics at 7pm, and they're like, oh, could, could I, I want a lemon in that one, but my mate Jason, he prefers limes in his, 
and they're, and they're going to be down there for their little Instagram pic. Hey, pandemic's over. And then, uh, and then, you know, it's, I'd say it's going to be bedlam at the pubs, obviously. That's not a big call. But I'm saying it's going to be filled with absolute, a lot of pelicans who don't usually go out. Then I think after a month of pandemic being over, then it's going to be sort of back to, you know, your regulars. That's what I think it could really be fucking, you know, on for young, on for old. Because I reckon maybe it could be one of those things where the pubs are open, but you still can't have friends over at houses. I don't know what, I don't know, I don't know. But I reckon give it a month of just, it's going to be crazy lines. You know, you're going to want to go to your favorite place, but it's going to, the lines are going to be out the door. Um, you know, it's it's going to be crazy. Maybe too crazy is my prediction. They're going to be kicking people out left and right. You know, get get people through. I think after that first month, once people's life sort of gets back to normal, I reckon that's when it's going to be fucking on. But we'll have to see. We will have to see. Um, all right, so I got one more thing. We are at 33 minutes. All right, so here's my last thing. I want to talk about feature films, movies. All right, something we've all been watching, we've all been enjoying in our isolation, our spare time, our quarantine. Um, I've got to say, I find myself on the outer at my house because uh, I keep picking movies that only I enjoy. And is that selfish or do I just know what I like? I'm not sure. I really am not. Um, but I'm on basically three movies in a row where my roommates want to kill me. And here's the thing. Here's the thing with me. I just don't understand any film where a guy doesn't, at some stage, get a girl. Okay? I need to have some sort of romantic aspect to these films to get through them. I need, like, a side story, you know? Like, I can't just watch a guy, like... Like, just watch a guy, like, gun down, like, freaking randoms in Mexico for, like, two hours straight. And then eventually secure the fucking, the pallet of cocaine. It's like, we did it. You know, if Denzel's in it, I'll watch it. I'm not a fucking idiot. But, you know, I like like a good film, a good rom-com. You know, that's my preferred genre. And, you know, I just don't like, I don't want to watch a film where, you know, you get to the end and, and the guy saves the day and then heads home for a wank, you know? I want the guy to have gotten, you know you know, bloody, I want some sort of a romance, I want some sort of a a kiss at the end, you know, Jessica, I love you, you know, I need one of those moments, they're the films I love, and that's what I thought everyone loved too, but it turns out my roommates, I keep sending great rom-coms their way, I'm getting nothing, the other day I played How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days, Matthew McConaughey's in that film, I'm sorry, is there a more credible actor than Matthew McConaughey, we got through 15 minutes, they were like, fuck this, I'm sick of it, you know, it's just, I put on Garden State the other day. Natalie Portman's in that. Natalie Portman. I'm sorry? Yeah, the hottest chick on the planet's in that. Still nothing. They hated it. Um, And then the other night I put on, and I'm literally opening up the floor to anyone, please message me if you you know about this film and what it actually means. Because I put on Spirited Away. It's the Studio Ghibli, I think. Is that how you say that? Ghibli? It's the anime movie. People say it's like the greatest like cartoon movie of all time. It won Oscars. People absolutely froth on this movie, right? And I go, lads. And keep in mind, I'm on two stinkers in a row, according to the lads. So I'm back up. This is my third, third strike, and I'm out, okay? They'll change the Netflix password. I won't be able to get in. 
So I put on Spirited Away and I go, this thing, I've never had a film recommended to me more in my life. All right, everyone's been telling me to watch this. Even on Netflix, it's got all its awards there. Looks crazy. It's be- it looks beautiful. What the fuck happens in this film? I don't know if anyone's seen this. If you've seen this film, can you freaking explain to me what happened? Because it was two hours of just random, basically a girl gets trapped in the spirit world and all these crazy spirits are coming from everywhere and you don't really know what's going on. And then you get you get to the end and, and one spirit's like, I'm your grandfather. One spirit's like, I'm your grandmother, this sort of stuff. And you think, oh, maybe this connects with this. And then, you know, maybe this spirit's a guardian angel or has this work. Her parents get turned into pigs. You're like, okay, let's just put that to the side. And you think, you think, okay, that's okay. Because, you know, we're an hour 40 in. I bet it's going to be fucking crazy from here. They're going to tie it all in. And then they just sort of finish the film. They don't explain anything. And I'm sure this is my pick. The film just ends. They don't explain anything. You don't find out who the grandfather, the grandmother. You just don't know anything. It's very bizarre. And and that's just it. She rides on a dragon. Her parents come back to life. and, And they just drive away. See you later. No worries. Like, can someone explain to me what the fucking point of this film is? It's won an Oscar. I know it must be good. But I just have... I just have... I honestly just have no idea what happened. I just have very little clue as to what happened in that film. As soon as the film ends, my roommate Samos goes, Billy, I'm going to fucking kill you. He goes, you're banned. You're banned for life from the TV, from picking anything we watch ever again. And I was like, no, 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 no. And I'm trying to justify it, but I have literally no idea what the fuck is going on in this film. So please... If you've watched Spirit Away and you actually know what it's about, message me immediately, okay? Because I need to justify this to my roommates. I know we missed some shit, but I just don't know what. But I wasn't on my phone. Like, I enjoyed the film. Um, I watched the whole thing. You know, I didn't miss a, miss a scene or whatever. But I genuinely have no idea what happened. And it's fucking rattled me to the core. It's all I can think about. So if you know anything about Spirit Away, please message me. Also... If you know a film, a rom-com that the lads would get around, please message me that as well. Because I love a good rom-com. But at the moment, I'm fucking... I'm, my batting average is zero with the feature films. And I need to turn this around. So please, please get in contact. Um, and that's pretty much all I had to talk about, really. So the good times keep rolling. This pod, I give it a, I give it a thumbs up. And you can too, if you watch it on... Um, YouTube, you can you can give it a thumbs up. Hey, the fringe is back uh, for this episode. I will say that last week my fringe was kind of brushed back, and some of the feedback I received was uh, aggressive and also negative. Um, so the fringe is back, you filthy animals, and uh, and the good times keep rolling. But uh, I will say I'm going to put the second episode of the celebrity Corona cull at the end of this. Enjoy that. I can't remember who gets culled this week, but. But I enjoyed it. So there's some beautiful more content for you there. So enjoy the celebrity thing. All right, legends. Welcome back to Aussie Celebrity Corona Cull. This is the second installment. Each week I'll be culling three celebrities during the coronavirus pandemic. Um, I'm not saying they should get coronavirus and die. I'm just saying when we get this shit back on the road, they can't be celebrities anymore. Um, Because, you know, society is going to be a lot more efficient. I don't think we have... I don't think we have the capacity for as many public figures.
And like I said last week, as a public figure myself, I'm more than qualified to make this call. So this week, we've got three Aussie celebrities that have got to go. Tough decisions. You know, not all of them as tough as others, but definitely some tough calls to make. That's where I step in. And this first one, this is going to ruffle some feathers. But the first celebrity to go this week is Scotty Cam uh, of the Block fame and Backyard Blitz. And it is my opinion that Scotty Cam has become too powerful for his own good. I mean, to carry a show like The Block for this long and it's still going, that is charisma that I don't think any man should be able to wield on this mortal world, you know? Like, he is just so likable and so down to earth and just just an absolute delight to the point where I think if he was to turn around and maybe get some nefarious ideas in his head, maybe he gets a little taste of some power and he, and he likes it, I think he could pretty much do whatever he wants at this point. Um, I think he's just too charismatic for his own good, you know? And I think we've got to take him down before either him or the block gets out of control. I mean, a couple of years ago, they did two seasons of the block in one year. That is ridiculous, okay? Two seasons in one year, and there's Scotty, Scotty Cam just smiling at the front of it going, I know we finished this thing in March, but guess what? It's August, and we're fucking back. And there's Scotty... Scotty Cam must pick up the phone every year and go, you're shitting me. Another season of the block. I mean, I'll do it. It's either that or start digging holes again, but how much? Oh my... You know I'm not a real television host, by the way. You know I'm a tradie. It's not an act. I'm an actual tradesman. And he just keeps going back. And look, I I do feel like he is a bit sort of collateral damage because I I think the block has to go post-coronavirus big time. Uh, You know, we're all spending every minute of the fucking day in our houses. We don't need to see some church try and build one who has no idea. So Scotty Cam, too much charisma, way too likable. He's got to go, you know. Um, and the only, the only way for Scotty Cam to come back and get back in the mix is if he sort of leads the charge on a full-blown backyard blitz reboot. Okay. And, and I'm talking Nige, I'm talking Jamie, I'm talking the hot chick. Okay. I want the whole team back. All right. Otherwise I think Scotty Cam, he's just, he's got his fingers in too many pies at the minute. I'll say that, you know, unless he's, unless he's telling us about, the Bill Goller is knocking up and then he goes, and we're going to get some beautiful plants around the outside. But to tell you about that, here's Nigel. And then Nigel's down on his haunches telling us about, you know, this cruciferous plants and how they they love dry weather. You know, that's, it's a package deal. Scotty Cam can come back, but only as part of Backyard Blitz. Um, look, I will say, I tried to dig up some dirt on Scotty Cam. The guy's pretty squeaky clean. You know, he, that's why I think he's got to be taken down before it's too late. Um, he, he famously won the gold Logie and then turned it into a bottle opener, which I find to be in poor taste. Not only is that disrespectful to the other reality TV hosts he beat for that award, that prestigious award, but I think it also promotes alcoholism. So that's my two cents, Scotty. And, uh, but then just last week it came out that Scotty Cam is receiving $350,000 to be the national careers ambassador. It's a government role. 350k government job hmm i don't know about that one scotty cam cam scotty scott cammy hmm i'm not sure about that but to be fair if anyone would see there's no problem with that it'd be scotty cam he's been accepting hundreds of thousands of dollars 
to do jobs he is completely unqualified for for more than a decade now. You know, every time the phone rings, he must just be thinking, fuck, I don't know what's going on. I'll do it. But once again, I'm really not qualified in any way, shape or form. It's 400 grand. Okay, this, I guess this is how the world works. You just sort of potter around and just wait for large sums of money to be offered to you in exchange for roles you have absolutely no business performing. And that's the, that's the Scotty Cam dream. You know, that's the call we're all waiting for, I guess. You know what? Head ice hockey coach in Canada. I mean, I've never played. You want me to do it for 400 grand. Okay. Next thing you know, bam, you're on a plane. I wouldn't be surprised if Scotty Cam ends up being like the president of Estonia at some point. I mean, the guy can just apparently just do whatever the fuck he wants. And that's why, Scotty Cam, you've been culled. You're, you're growing too powerful, my friend. And you're freaking me out a little bit. Um, but while we're on the Channel 9 sort of tip, uh, this one, obviously, Scotty Cam was a bit out of the ordinary. This next one is kind of like a bit of a slam dunk. Tracy Grimshaw, babe, you got to go. I'm sorry. Uh, you've been scaring the shit out of old people for four decades now. And at what point do we draw the line? I mean, some of the stories are just getting ridiculous. You know, I saw one the other day, it's like, is your neighbor taking the bins out or is he actually molesting your dog? Whoa. Up next with the full story on Channel 9. It's like, Trace, just fucking crack a smile. These stories are ridiculous. You know, she's she's journalist Tracy Grimshaw with these stories. Like, everyone's like, it was a sleepy neighborhood until Karen moved in. Dun, dun, dun. And she's keeping a straight face through all of this shit. If just once Tracy Grimshaw went on record and was like, dude, fuck, some of these stories are wild, hey. And we're, we're just lying the whole time. My God, not even close to the truth. Ugh. Oh, well, what are you going to do? It's entertainment at the end of the day. If she just once broke character and was like, ah, whatever. Instead, the most ridiculous stories, and then they go back to the studio, and there's Tracy Grimshaw, stern-faced, going, yep, this is all 100% legitimate. All right, up next, the fucking project or whatever. Different channel, regardless. You know, she's she's been in television for 40 years or something, and she's never won a gold logie. And I'm pretty sure, like, the gold logie is like the freaking participation award of Australian television. I mean, Rove's won three. He was the king of TV, Rove. At five foot four, he was the king. Unbelievable. You know, if you hang around long enough, I mean, Carl Stefanovic's got one. Like... Dead set. And, and it's a really, I think it's honestly a shame for women in television because she's been one of the, you know, the main women in television for so long. And she definitely should have won a gold logie by now. But she's so unlikable. She's like the Hillary Clinton of Australian television. It's like, it's like, all right, it's like last year. It's like, this is, all right, it's, it's women's time. You know, we got to start celebrating women. All right, let's put forward our best candidate. It's Tracy Grimshaw. And the Australian public was like, we want to celebrate women, but like, dude, not that much, you know? Like, she is the Hillary Clinton. It was like, this is, we're, we're gunning for women now. We're celebrating them. The award's yours. Just don't be an absolute fucking weird cunt for 40 years straight, and you've got it. Oh, boy, Trace, what did we tell you? What did we tell you? God, she's just got a resting. They should change the name resting bitch face to looking like Trace because she's got one of the all-time bitch faces. She's, uh, to quote How I Met Your Mother, she's freaking, to quote Robin, She's the boogeyman with a teleprompter. And Trace, you've been culled. Hit the road with your with your weird stories. Also, the thing with Tracy Grimshaw is my roommate randomly thinks she's an absolute sort for some reason. 
and it just freaks me the fuck out. Last time he said that, I couldn't get an erection for like three days. So, and he's he's gun ho. He reckons Tracy Grimshaw's hot. So, I'm not saying she's not hot, but I wouldn't. It's not like the first thing on my mind when I wake up. I don't know. Finally, speaking of hot, the last celebrity we will be culling this week. This one, again, look, I don't want to pick. I want to be inventive and stuff, but some people have just got to go. So maybe once we work through a few of these sort of slam dunks, we'll get into some more inventive choices. But Lara Bingle, babe, it's over. You've been culled um, for a number of reasons. Uh, firstly, this week, she was in the news complaining that her mother's isolation hotel isn't up to standard. You know, she's getting a free hotel to be isolated in. Apparently, it wasn't nice enough for Lara. Let's just put that to the side because that's just ridiculous for so many reasons. But this is, and you know what, carry on, Lara. Carry on, carrying on. Where I draw the line is when she was dating the Australian cricket captain, she fucked up his head. You know, she fucked up Michael Clark's head. You know, Clarkie didn't come into his own until he finally got rid of that chick. You know, and it's like, he, he literally had to stop, a t- he, he had to leave the New Zealand tour to go home and break up with her. That's how bad it got. She interrupted a tour, okay? You know what? Be whoever you want to be. As soon as you start interfering with the Australian cricket team, my foot goes down. That was my foot going down. I don't know if you could hear that. But yeah, Lara, you've got to go. Um, this whole this whole sort of, you know, because dating the Australian cricket captain, you're basically like the first lady of Australia at that point. Everyone knows you. I mean, no one knows ScoMo's wife. You're not following her on Instagram, you know? Ugh. But, uh, and, and she, she was also the reason Simon Cadditch pinned Michael Clark up against the wall because all the lads wanted to have beers in the sheds. And Lara Bingle said, no, we're all going to this, this beautiful restaurant. Michael, tell them. And Clarkie has gone, uh, Cadditch, mate, put down the beer. We're going to this nice bar. And everyone knows you do not get in the way of Simon Cadditch and a beer with the lads. And he was reminded of that fact when Simon Cadditch had him in a fucking, by the throat up against the wall saying, I'll fucking kill you. Now, who's at fault there? I don't think it's Michael Clark or Simon Cadditch. I think it was Lara Bingle puppeteering the whole thing. I don't care for you, Lara. You ended Simon Cadditch's career. He still had two good years left. But, you know, once you threatened to kill the captain, all of a sudden you're not getting selected anymore. Interesting. So, Lara Bingle, you've been culled. I never want to see you near an Australian cricket game ever again. Ever again. And also, she's now dating an actor. Like, she, every boyfriend she's had has just got richer and richer. She went for Brennan Favola, Michael Clark, Sam Worthington. Like, how she's done that is beyond me. But it's some of this puppeteering, I think. You know? So, Lara Bingle, you've got to go. Tracy Grimshaw, you've been culled. And Scotty Cam, you know what? No one's expecting it, which is exactly why you had to be culled. Too powerful for your own good. And I will catch you all next week. Way too long. Way too long. Yeah, and I can see the ground now, I'm way too gone, way too gone Cause these people got me fucked up, yeah they got me way too wrong, way too wrong Now my mind's telling me, don't you wait too long, wait too long Oh, 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 oh